everybody. Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham, and I'm here with Logan. Hello, hello. What's up? Uh, Hopefully you're having a great week. Uh, Those of you that are listening, thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing. And Logan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Yeah, your week's good? Yeah, week's so great. Hey, I heard something. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? I do. I heard that you're preaching this weekend. Yes. Is that true? It is true. I, I... And very excited. <laughs> the listeners are getting excited right now. I'm pumped for you, man. Oh, yeah. Man. First time preaching to all the campuses. A little Thanksgiving weekend, man. Yeah. Are it, you preaching on Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm not. All right. I'm Do you not. want to give a sneak peek of things that you're talking about? Sure. Just get people pumped. Yeah, so I, I a little backstory. Yeah. I, I taught this message at our all staff. We had uh, a guest speaker that was scheduled mm-hmm. to come and speak, and she ended up losing her voice. And so I, I taught this message at, at all staff. And my mom said to my dad, you should have let him, you should have let him preach, preach the weekend. Um, Cause I joked, you know, how, I got 12 minutes to, to preach it at all staff. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a quick service this yeah. weekend. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And so I, I preached it. I think I went th- like 13. No, you didn't. And, Nobody noticed. And it went well and, and people resonated with the message. And so our um, team loved it. Yeah. yeah. So you and my dad said, Hey, why not? Um, why not do it? So you were, you would have preached, but thank you for giving me the slot and being well, open-handed. I'm stoked. It's, it's actually a topic that, um, you, you didn't say the topic, but no, I haven't yet. Um, you taught on character mm-hmm. and it's actually, it's, it's one of the, uh, topics that I'm most passionate about and something that, um, we were just the way that I was raised and what we we're taught is character first. In fact, when Kaylee and I got married at our wedding, my dad officiated, he's a pastor and he, he shared a little message around character first and even in, even in marriage and in your relationship with the Lord and everything that you, it's character first. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm not living perfectly, but I have a desire to grow in integrity and grow in character. Um, and it's important too, for our staff to hear a message like that. And, it, probably at least once a year, there's a there is a message to our staff and a training and a teaching and uh, something that comes from deep, deep conviction to live pure lives, to genuinely love and pursue the presence of the Lord, and to be a person of the highest and utmost character. Uh, godly character. And so mm-hmm. that's what the Lord put on your heart to yeah. share with our staff. And now uh, God opened up a door for you to be able to share to our church. And yeah. it's going to be a great weekend and hopefully an encouraging uh, message, but also mm-hmm. convicting, like something that you talked about. And again, we don't have to preach the message, but something you talked about is, do I, do I, am I, am I focused on becoming a friend uh, of the world or am I focused on being a friend of God? Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that. If you're listening, get excited for this weekend. You can invite as many people as you want. It'll be a great weekend mm-hmm. for new people to come to church and hear what it really means to be a Christ follower. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I think it embodies, what, what I'm trying to communicate is what embodies the value of authenticity. Yep. And I think that, you know, kind of going back to this last weekend's message, talking about the seven values, and I love that we announced River Valley Vancouver. Yep. which is amazing. Big announcement. And so, hey, if you missed the weekend, oh yeah, uh, there's so a much. church. There, uh, there's a church in Vancouver, Canada, called Life Church, and we've been in partnership with them over the last year and growing closer relationship and exploring. Uh, would it ever be possible and would they ever desire to actually become River Valley, Vancouver? Mm-hmm. And so in January. January 2024, it is going to be the grand unveiling and kind of rebrand. 
and public moving forward. We are River Valley Vancouver. So yep. we're going to have locations here in the Twin Cities. I'm uh, actually speaking there. Uh, December, I'm, right? Yeah. So not obviously this coming weekend, I'll be speaking here at, in the Twin Cities. But then I'm speaking there two weeks after that. Yeah. River Valley, Vancouver. If you're ever going to Whistler, if you're oh, ever going yeah. even to Seattle um, and you got a, you got an extra day or two, if you're it's ever in that city. neck of the woods, uh, it's an incredible city. It's an international city. It's got millions upon millions of people. It kind of uh, makes the Twin Cities look small. Uh, but but you can go and visit your own church, River Valley Church, River Valley, Vancouver. Well, maybe if we peel back a little bit. I mean, you and I went up there earlier this year, yep. probably, what, six months ago maybe? Uh-huh. And Initial visit? Yeah, just an initial visit where we were talking about could this be something, right? Could this be a partnership? And I remember both of us after after attending their their service. It was actually during worship. Yeah, I don't. I think it was maybe even before service started. Yeah, yeah. And we were just like, these are like we have to do these this. Are our these are our people, and just meeting their staff and meeting their their leadership team and just the people that were leaning. And before before they had any idea yeah, yeah. that this is what the partnership was going to look like. And then you had the chance to go up there again. I went up there again. And my, my dad's been up there. My parents have been up there. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just amazing to see. And um, Bish and Haley, they're the, the campus pastors. They're lead pastor of the church. Yep. And, and so as they lead this church, they said, hey, we want, we want to lead this church, but we want to do it in partnership with you all. And so it's just amazing to see. Honestly, like just – my dad talks about this, and he said a good friend – Doubles your joy and cuts your sorrows in half. People have, you know, have heard that, right? Yep. And Bish and Haley are, are those people. You just, Big time. you see them and you you get a lift. So again, if ever you're in Vancouver, they'll come down with us here a couple times a year or two to, to be at different events. So hopefully you get to meet them, whether that be during a seek week. Maybe they'll come down for that or maybe they'll do their own. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, certainly they'll they'll be around and just excited for what God's doing in in Vancouver and in that church, and we really believe that that he has so much more for yeah. for that church and that campus, and that they'll they'll even launch campuses of their own in other parts of Canada. Yeah, that that is becoming their vision. Is is could they actually launch multiple locations in the Vancouver area in the future, as well as across their nation? And interesting, like one of our values being our heart is global. It's just an interesting fact about Vancouver, and something to pray about um, as a congregation member. Four percent of the people, the millions of people in Vancouver, actually attend church, and so there is a massive opportunity. You said four percent. Four percent of, and again, I don't know. I think it's like twelve million in the Vancouver area. It's a, it's a massive city. That big? Massive. Uh, Look it up right now. Uh, But four percent, four percent of Vancouver, the greater Vancouver area, actually attend church, and so. We, we want to see the entire world reach for Jesus, um, and now that we have a, a location in Vancouver, it's like we want to see Vancouver reach for Jesus. Did you find it? Yeah, it's like it's like two and a half. Wow. <laughs> I was wow. Like, I was I like was I, way off. In the, in the province of British Columbia. Is there 12 million even in Canada? There's 5 million in the province. Okay. Canada, I think, is like 40 million. Yeah, 38 million Canada population. So I've done my research. Yeah. <laughs> There's millions of people, though. There are millions yeah. of people. It's 10 times the size of the Twin Cities. <laughs> it's a hundred times the size. No, but if you think about no. that, only 4% are regularly attending church. I mean, there's so many people that need to experience that freedom and hope. And I mean, just it's incredible. So I, 
I, I believe that God's going to do something even more than we even know about how people are getting connected. And maybe there's people that are going to transition jobs and go from Vancouver to Minneapolis or to from Minneapolis to Vancouver and yep. be a part of these church, uh, be a part of this church. And so I'm just, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, do you want to talk about the values yeah, and the we, message this weekend. Seven. Which one's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite <laughs> value? Uh, if you don't say presence of God, yeah, Oof. I don't know. That's tough. No, I, 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 lo- I do love authenticity. That was the last value that Pastor Rob talked about, um, and finding your authentic voice is probably one of the biggest things that we could teach young people in in their maturing process and their identity in Christ uh, to really love themselves. And not 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 like the way the world teaches it. It's like you be you and whatever your feelings are and identify however you want. Uh, but actually understanding God created you uniquely in his image with unique gifts, uh, unique personality and temperament uh, into the family that you were born into, into the community that you're born into and raised in, into the country that you're in, like like – you were made intentionally, uh, and, and sometimes I wonder this too, is like, why did God put me, why did he make me now and not earlier or not later? Right, like, right. So even that is unique, like where you land in time, God God made you for such a time as this, as we see in the book of Esther, like for such a time as this, like, and for you listening, like you were made in the image of God uniquely, male or female, for such a time as this, with the personality, with the the family experience, the upbringing, all of this, and to actually go, wow, thank you, Lord, and and teach me who you want me to be, and character is a part of that. Teach me who you want, and help me to be confident finding my authentic voice, who right. who I am. I'm good being who you created to me me to be. I don't need to be. So-and-so. I don't need to be another person. I'm not insecure in who I'm not or what gifts I don't have right. or the things I can't do. I'm I'm confident in my authentic self, and I'm confident in my authentic voice. Mm-hmm. And I think when you realize that, you, you, you have you, you have 0% chance being all that God created you to be if you're trying to be somebody else. Right. But you have a much better chance— accomplishing all that God created you to accomplish when you are your authentic self. Totally. And so that's why I I just, I love unpacking that one value because it's not generosity or next generation or our heart is global. Like the, the ones that really get the airtime, mm-hmm. if you will, right. presence of God, that, that gets the airtime. Authenticity uh, is something that I really, really love because if you can't be our, your authentic self, and how, who God created you to be, you have zero chance accomplishing what he created you to mm-hmm. accomplish. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, if you didn't get a chance to watch the weekend message, head on and watch that on the seven values, it's it's going to be a staple for us. I mean, we're going to throw that message in, update our, our HR onboarding that everyone who joins our staff and team. But I think, I think everyone in our church will need, needs to watch that and say, this is who we are. And, and not, to, not to like belabor this either, but authenticity... 
I think sometimes in in faith life and in church life, authenticity mean like like if I'm a good Christian, then I have to kind of deny my struggles or like don't talk about my issues or like um, you know I got to pretend everything's good because I'm a Christ follower. Or if I if I let on to the fact that I'm not doing well, then maybe the, maybe I'm going to be viewed as somebody that has a lack of faith. And I think I think it can get twisted or or just um, improperly taught of like no you can. Um, you can be real with what you're going through, right. and we all have issues. We all can get better. Um, there, there is, um, and, and not just issues, but like sin or sickness, or you know. And you can be real with those things, and still have faith that your struggle does not have to be your eternity. Right. And being authentic does not mean being polished and perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that that's a part of our church. It's a value of our church because right. there, there are churches that are out there, and I, I'm not trying to be critical of another church, but there are churches that are out there that are like, this is the polished place. This is the mm-hmm. perfect place. This is a place you can't bring your issues. You're kind of, actually, Pastor Rob said it today in one of our meetings, and, and uh, yeah, you were in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about uh, somebody that's been a part of Teen Challenge and that has overcome right. drug addiction, that sometimes when they talk to a Christ follower about what they've been in that is sinful or it's perceived as dirty yeah, yeah. or gross or the addiction, the the bondage. Sometimes Christ followers kind of lean out like, oh, that's like right. you used to do that. Like, ah, uh, I don't know. And this person that was talking with your dad, Pastor Rob, uh, he said, people at River Valley, when I say, hey, this is what I came from. This is what I was going through. I was in this type of bondage. There's almost like this lean in like, Look what God's done! Like we're and we're celebrating with you, and praise God for that. Not a oh, I don't really like uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this nervousness. And I love that that is authenticity. Like you come in as you are, and believe that God can totally transform your life. Right? No, it's so true. It's so true. I want to get some questions before. We move forward. I want to read these. We we've I have more questions than we can answer right now, so it's good that we're getting some questions. And if we, if, <laughs> I just personally have more questions yeah. than I can ever. I just <laughs> I, I, the list I'm looking at. Okay, okay. Uh, Caleb asked a good question. It's a it's a deep one though. M- maybe we disagree. I don't know. How should Christians? Maybe me and you disagree. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I've never talked to you about this before. Okay. How should Christians think and feel about capital punishment? Oh, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. We talked about the assisted suicide a couple weeks ago, and we didn't get a chance to talk about capital punishment. Yeah, another way to ask that question would be like, if we're if we are so pro life in some conversations, how could you be pro death penalty? Right. Um, and I think uh, Logan, that's a good question. <laughs> how would you answer it? Um. Yeah, I I, I think that I think the term pro life is often misunderstood and and I've actually heard there's a growing group of Christians that are actually trying to get rid of that phrasing because they're saying it's it's actually too narrow in the sense of we should be not just pro life like it's it, we should be anti abortion right yep um and so then you 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 turn out the the pro life position on well, what is it on capital punishment what is it on assisted suicide when it comes to capital punishment, this is how I feel. And again, I we haven't talked about this. This is our first time chatting about it. Yep. Um, I think in Scripture that it's clear that God 
values life so much that when that he he also puts in place punishments for people that take life. If you look at Old Testament law, the 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 price for taking another person's life was your own life. Yeah. There are other things that you do, um, types of adultery, things like that, that would cost you your life. So when you look at Old Testament precedent, that is capital punishment. Now, capital meaning that the state, you know, we start getting, but is the death penalty of crimes, is that a biblical position? The answer to that is, is yes, right? Now, I think that the, the nuance here is who has the power to take life? Is it the state, the nation state that you live in, the United States for us? Or is it only God who has that power? I've heard this said before in, in apologists, uh, people who, who you know, are, are trying to win people over in their, their um, understanding or their case for, for Christ and their meaning, that if you take the worst of the worst, like everyone just says Hitler, right? Like Hitler's the worst of the worst, and at least modern times that most people know. Maybe there's people long ago that would have been worse than him. But in recent history, Hitler's like the worst of the worst. And then it's, okay, does, does he deserve the death penalty for what he did? And I think you'd have the vast majority of people would probably say, yeah, yeah. he does. What's and, so funny is what you see right now going on around our world. Yeah. You actually would actually question whether or not the vast majority no, would I, think he I does. Know. We are I, upside down. Right. But I think yeah. – I, I guess my point in this is not to just talk about Hitler, but to say, do you think that there is a crime that – the only appropriate punishment for that crime, whether it's a, a, a nation state that's punishing or God who's punishing it, the only appropriate crime would, would be death. Yep. Now, the beauty in it, and I'll let you respond because, again, maybe we disagree. The beauty in it and the, the, the unbelievable nature of it is God says, I can even forgive a crime that is punishable by death in this life. Yep. But I can forgive that if before you die— Mm -hmm. you ask for forgiveness. The people that were hung up on the cross, it's presumed that they did crimes yeah. that were bad enough for that time to put them to death in the way that Jesus did. Now, we don't believe Jesus committed the crimes that that he was accused of, yeah. but he was, he was put up next to criminals, yep. and they were killed on the cross. That's the death penalty right there. Yep. And yet, someone who was on death row, on the last moments of death row as they're about to die— he says, you'll see me in paradise. So obviously God can forgive sins. But to me, I think it is consistent in scripture to say, we do not believe it is the same that an innocent human life that is in its early stages, that is going, has the potential to do unbelievable things in the future, that if you just wait a little bit longer in the natural process of, of the pregnancy, it will be born and into this world versus somebody who's committed a very significant crime, the payment of that, that there's no amount of money, there's no amount of reconciliation or anything that could be done in this society yep. that would justify them. I would say it's consistent in Scripture to say that. No, there's people who say, I want them to have a longer life to, to be able to repent. To be able to repent. But yeah. but I don't, I don't see that in Scripture yeah. aside from like, maybe a hope that they would do that. Does yeah, that make I mean, sense? Yeah, Ananias and Sapphira, that's right. New Testament. Uh, so it's not just the Old Testament, it's New Testament as well, where God makes a decision that a person's life is ending. And what you said is like, well, then let's just leave it in God's hands. Well, uh, there are three institutions that God created, family, church, and the government. And there are 
there are good families and there are evil families. There are good churches and right. there are poor churches in regards to uh, adhering to the Word of God and what is biblical and what's right. Uh, and there are good governments and there are bad governments. Right. So I'm not saying there's one perfect thing, um, but those are institutions. And so um, I think there is there is uh, it, it is good and biblical to say there are laws and these are the consequences to those laws, even up to the death penalty. And I think um, you know we. We do see in this world, like right now, there are laws on the books that uh, apparently are not being like uh, upheld right. or uh, convicted. Or and and what do you what do you get when you have laws on the books and then you're just you're not going to do anything? You get lawlessness. And so I think there's something powerful to understanding. No, here's the law. Here are the consequences to that law. And that helps keep me in this good, uh, moral, right living. I, I'm a good citizen, and I like it helps me. So I'm not a fan of just removing uh, consequences to certain things. And th- just the straight answer is, I am pro death penalty, and I am pro life. Right. Well, well, it, what's interesting is, I think as Christians, if there, if our government is giving the death penalty to people that are doing crimes that are that we believe is not proportionate or not against scripture like for example in some countries that there's the death penalty for sharing your faith yeah we don't believe that that should have the death penalty right Correct. there are other crimes that actually are consistent with the the crimes of scripture so to speak that god says you're breaking my commandments yeah that could be Okay, you're going to get the death penalty, but 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 again, if someone says no, we're going to give you the death penalty for not honoring your father and mother. Yep. I don't believe that's consistent with any of the death penalties we see in Scripture. Yep. Now, there are are other ones that are that we. I think we just have to be intentional about what we're talking about. I also don't want to say I'm like I'm advocating for the death penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I think for those who struggle with it, and 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 we're talking about it in a very nonchalant way. If there's a real human being here. We're not going to be as nonchalant because we want their case. We want them oh, to these be are tough justice. Decisions. Yeah, tough. We want them to be tried appropriately. We want it to be fair. If there was manipulation in, in in the policing or manipulation in the evidence presented, that is wrong. And there are people that that's found to be true. Our justice system on this world is broken. But for those who say, no, I don't believe in, in that we should not give them that crime, the hard part is the argument kind of falls apart a little bit to say, well, what about theft? Is there any appropriate level? Because because if we don't believe if you're a serial murderer or yeah. you're a mass shooter yeah. and you shoot up all these people, yeah. we don't believe that there's any proportionate response other than you know maybe life in prison. Well, it it it, it makes a struggle in the argument to say you now have someone who's stealing a thousand dollars. Well, we actually have a price that once you steal over X amount of money, it becomes yep. a felony. Yep. And if it's lower than that, it's a misdemeanor. So there's levels to crime. And I think that's where it becomes difficult to, is the cap on crime just life in prison? Or is the cap, no, that you've you've done something so bad that you that our society as a whole is doing it. Now, again, I'm not, I don't think you have to be like pro-death penalty to be a Christian. That's not what I'm saying either. But, but also, there are people that say you can't be a Christian and be pro-death penalty. Oh, yeah. No, I don't believe and that. And no. we I don't mean, believe that. Yeah. I, I believe I'm a Christian, and I would say I think that— <laughs> You it, know you're a Christian. No, yeah, yeah. I, but I'm saying I think that it it can be—it shouldn't be our our swift response should not be death. No. Our, our, our consistent response should not be death. 
But in the case, there are crimes that I believe are consistent both in Scripture and in our society that we can say this is the price, that there's no other price that can be paid. And if you see in Scripture, it's actually a lower bar that God sets or, or a higher bar that God sets yeah. than society does. Yeah. And so, well, even, even if you just think about this, and, and I know that this is probably not a fair, like, equal uh, uh, comparison, but the wages of sin is death. So— Right, born into sin, mm-hmm. and and committing sin, like we're born into it, right? Um, as a yeah, and we and we've all sinned, mm-hmm. and what we deserve, like it could like sin could be just even uh, like a sinful thought, right? You're telling me I deserve, yeah, eternity apart from God. Well, that's how perfect he is. That's how holy he is. That's how, and he is, he's not more gracious and, or, or you're, you're not more gracious or more loving than God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you think about it through that context, it's like, whoa, God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And the wages of sin is death. It, and now I love what you said. God, God can forgive. Uh, yeah, God God can redeem. Even something that's punishable by death, mm-hmm. God can forgive that sin, and and even the worst of the worst can enter e- eternity in heaven, um, you know, for the, for the rest of their life if they surrender, give their life to Christ. Well, I think that, that speaks to forgiveness and repentance, right? There are people who have, have murdered people in, in terrible ways. Mm-hmm. Who will see the kingdom of God? It's fair to say that there are people that have received the death penalty are alive in Christ today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and then in the same way, there are people who, in their view, are morally good, who've Mm -hmm. never done anything like that, who will not see— Will spend eternity in hell. They'll spend eternity in hell, hell, right. And I think as a believer, sometimes we get caught up in our our individual perspective of—it's so good what you said— it's bad that people think it, but it's good that you brought it up, that they think they're more compassionate than God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one is even close. Yeah. Like, we are not. Now, of course, we should handle this carefully. We should be prayerful. If you're a judge yeah. and you oversee in, uh, these cases or you're an officer that is involved in a testimony, we should be accurate. We should be honest. We yeah. should we should follow what we believe is the laws of the land. We should advocate to change laws that are disproportionately affecting a certain group of people or actually victimizes people based upon their circumstances. Mm -hmm. We should absolutely advocate for those things. But I don't believe we should, we we don't have to fight on behalf of people who've, who've committed evil crimes aside from sharing the message of hope for their eternity. That should be our advocating. And I think that sometimes people in the in the name of trying to be more compassionate, they miss that. Hey, you you actually may die and lose your life. But you you yeah. want to know something? I can introduce you to your Creator, who can give you new life and yep. eternal life. Let that be our message. It's a deep discussion. I'm just thinking about this right now. Not that we have to get into it further, but I, I wonder if it's easier to have the discussion around killing in war 
than it is to have the discussion around the death penalty. And then you just, what do you believe about killing in war? Like, there are people that say, I, I couldn't do that. I would not bear arms. There's the, right. the movie. What's the movie? Uh, one more. Hacksaw one, Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Great so that movie. guy that guy served in the military but chose not to bear arms and chose not to kill, uh, but he chose to participate, mm-hmm. and that was his conviction. Uh, but there are people that are against the death penalty but are for killing in war. And if you just think about right. that for a second. Yeah, they put the Ukraine it, flag that, on their that, uh, that's what I'm on their Facebook page and they're like, we're for it. It's like- that's what I'm saying. So you're potentially, uh, if, if, if you're killing in war, you're killing somebody potentially that's done nothing close right. to what somebody who's on death row did. Mm-hmm. But you you don't want to make that decision. And these are tough decisions. You don't, you don't want to put the death row person down but you got no problem right. with just killing in war. Uh, you know, so all I'm saying is it is a deep conversation, and that's another way to think about what am I okay with and, and what would I set up, how would I make a decision. And ultimately, it's not about what I want to do. It's like what is good and right in the Bible. Right, and I think it's the reason why I like talking about it is in – there is nuance, right? But we're we're not God. We will again. You, his ways are higher than our ways. We won't understand them. So I don't want to speak in absolutes to say this is exactly what God is saying, like a hundred percent, no doubt. But in the same way, I think that He gives us a set of principles and understanding that we can process through. But also, if you're as you're listening to this, process this through yourself. Maybe you've never had this thought. Maybe you've not understood the inconsistencies of okay, I'm I'm okay with war, but I'm not okay with this. But I'm I'm against abortion, but I'm okay with this. And I think the the truth of it is God values life. He's the creator. It's the, the Bible says he's the author of it, right? Mm-hmm. He knew us before we were born. We should hold that to be so significant that it should be a last resort to do to to end somebody's life. Mm-hmm. But also, you see in scripture that he protects life so much that he says there's other people who need to die yep. in order to protect the life of these other people. And so that's where it just becomes difficult and process this, pray about it. There's definitely pe- Christians, I believe, who can disagree on this issue and still be followers of Christ. Right. But but this this is where I, we would stand. I, I think Pastor Robbie, would, he would find himself there as well to say that that we are not an advocate of of this. We protect life so much. But but it, and I'll, I'll do one more thing on this and we'll go to prayer. But when, when talking about abortion, and this is something that, that Pastor Rob is very passionate about as well. When talking about abortion. Anti-abortion. He's, he's he, passionate. He's passionate. Yeah, he's passionately anti-abortion. Is we often talk about this child, but we very, very rarely talk about it in the case of like rape or incest. We don't talk about the criminal, right? Mm-hmm. We want the, like, some people struggle with punishment, but without it, there's no justice, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. There has to be. God is a God of justice to say, oh my goodness, well, it's an inconvenience to this person. Well, what about the criminal? You don't want, you actually want the child to die, but you want the criminal to live? That's not justice. That's not biblical justice, nor is it worldly justice. It's a great point. And so 
I think it's it's incongruent, and it's, as believers, we should work to be congruent in our beliefs, prayerfully, not shouting, not not you know putting a megaphone in someone's face or screaming at them, but prayerfully saying, "I believe what you're doing is wrong," or mm-hmm. "I believe what you did is wrong," yep. but I still can forgive you. Why? Because He forgave me first, and He can forgive you today if you repent. And I believe that should be our prayer for this. And as I look to these prayer requests, the very first one from Fairbo says, "Please pray for the unsaved." Yep. Pray for the unsaved. Pray for people who don't yet know Jesus because we do believe that if they die, that they will spend eternity in hell away from God. And that is the the biggest injustice on this earth is that they would not have that opportunity. And, and who will go unless we go and tell them? Egan Campus, uh, praying for Leonard. He broke his hip. Someone else praying for Julie who's in hospice care with a brain tumor. Pam praying that Dan and Wendy would be healed in Jesus' name. At Chaska, praying for Will and his wife, Rebecca, unity in their marriage, growth in their relationship with Jesus. Uh, someone else, prayer for a teen son who starts counseling tomorrow um, for their son to engage in the freedom and his healing. Amen. Woodbury, healing over a brain tumor that's caused complete vision loss. Another person praying peace over an upcoming surgery. Shoulder in, uh, from a car accident, a different person here as well. Uh, Minatrista, prayers for emotional healing since my parents got divorced. Wow. And I also lost my best friend. I'm feeling really unhappy. Mm. Praying for them. Another one from Minatrista, praying for upcoming medical tests, wisdom to be made, and then someone else praying for their children to be safe. And then also just want to pray. Um, she posted this on, on Facebook, but my sister-in-law, Alexia, lost her mom this week, just praying yep. for uh, peace for their entire family, for Clayton and uh, that you know, we we know you're not, she's. You're not reading that. This no, no, I'm I'm sharing this. Yeah, yep. just just that. Um, Pastor Connor's wife. Yeah, yeah. So my brother and lost her, and and she had a, had a a battle that they're they're grateful that she's with Jesus, and you know, we were just texting as a family and got to spend time and just praying that that there would be peace, but knowing that wow, she's with Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. she is with Jesus. What a sight is what I said. I said what a sight to see Jesus Christ. A beautiful thing that we get to see if we follow him. And so, Kirk, would you pray over these needs? And if there's any praise you want to share, but or or just end in prayer for these needs. Yeah, there, there, honestly, there's a lot of praises. Um, just got to hang with Brad and Jacqueline this week, uh, part of our church, and actually, Brad Brad serves in HR on staff at our church, and and God God has answered prayer time and time again, and is using them in a really powerful way um, to be able to see. Um, them you to to use them in ministering in their apartment building so there's a lot of testimonies coming out of their part apartment building and even salvations that are happening so that's just an, uh, they've had prayers answered in that regard that they're more evangelistic and reaching more people and so I'm just celebrating that let me pray uh, right now over all these needs and especially um just obviously because it's your family and a part of mm-hmm. our, our staff praying over pastor Connor and Alexia as she just lost her mom Lord we thank you that you see all these needs and we just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would meet each one of these needs in the in the way that only you can in a supernatural way um, God it's not overwhelming to you it's not too much for you it's not too difficult for you I'm just even thinking about uh, an old song that we sang in church there's nothing is too difficult for you uh, you are the great and mighty God and so Lord we just pray right now over all these needs meet them heal 
where there's healing needed, provide where there's provide provision needed. Uh, just the one that kind of jumped out at me, uh, which can seem like a smaller need, uh, but it's real. And I, I just don't think it's a small need. Um, the person that is looking for friendship, the uh, person that's looking for a friend because they're lonely, Lord, I just pray that you would, uh, as they actually live their life trying to be the best friend that they can be, I pray that you would multiply back to them friends that love and invest time, relationship, uh, energy, fun, entertainment. Uh, Lord, that you would do uh, uh, just provide friendship right now in the name of Jesus. I pray over Pastor Connor and Alexia. And uh, uh, they just, Alexia just lost her mom. And we praise you that she's with you. She's in your presence right now. But on this side, there's pain and there's loss and there's grief. And I just pray that uh, this is also just representative of many other families, a part of our church that have lost loved ones this year or even more recently. But I just pray that as the waves of grief come, uh, there would be waves of the, the Holy Spirit's presence, uh, real peace uh, as they ride the waves of loss and grief. Uh, Lord, I just pray that the grief would not overwhelm. And I thank you that Alexia has this great perspective that we don't grieve the way the world grieves, but we grieve with a hope. And so I thank you that our hope is is an assurance that we will be with you forever and ever. And Alexia is going to see her mom again uh, in heaven. We praise you for that. And as we've discussed a, a difficult and heavy topic, uh, talking about the death penalty, uh, Lord, I just pray that right now for every listener, that your peace would surround them, overwhelm them. And, and I just pray that we wouldn't take these conversations lightly, but we would look to your word as the principle for what we build our lives on, the authority that our lives are governed by. Uh, we follow the Word of God above and beyond anything else. And I just pray uh, as we wrestle with difficult topics, even within our church, that there wouldn't be a division, but the, the, this would strengthen our relationship with you, and it would also strengthen our unity together as a church we want to follow you, and we want to follow your word. I just pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.